inspiration, success stories, expert advice, strategies, new ideas, and amazing conversations. Everything you need to become a great speaker. This is Oscar Santolaya, and welcome to Time to Shine. Hello, and thank you for listening to us. Leadership is a term that you, we hear very often, talk about leaders, but what we rarely hear is about the voice of a leader. What can be the impact of a voice for the success of a leader? And for that, we have a very special guest who really knows about this. Dr. Laura Sicola is a leadership communication expert and the founder of Vocal Impact Productions in Philadelphia. Her mission is to turn leaders into master influencers who get to yes and make a positive impact by helping them master the three C's of vocal executive presence. Command the room, connect with the audience, and close the deal. She has spent over 20 years in language, culture, and education, and has done coaching, trainings, and keynote addresses across five continents. She is a coach for the TED Fellows Program and works with clients such as Comcast, Wikimedia, the U.S. Department of Commerce, IBM, and Women Against Abuse. She earned her PhD in Educational Linguistics from the University of Pennsylvania, where she was faculty from 2001 to 2013. Hello, Laura. Hello, Oscar. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, it's a pleasure talking with you, Laura. You have a very impressive uh, career, and I love your your TEDx talk that uh, also has been watched a couple of million times, I believe. So it's yeah, uh, yeah, almost five million now. It's, almost it's amazing. Wow. Yeah, it's yeah. really worth it. So, well, thank you. <laughs> you have, as I said, very impressive career and like to know why, how, when you got interested in, particularly in the, in the leaders, in leadership voice? It's interesting because I never intended mm. to go into this area, the notion of leadership and communication. Um, but leadership voice is really a two-sided coin that I came to understand. On the one hand, there's the figurative voice which is your point of view, your message, mm -hmm. your, your author's voice, so to speak. True. And then there's the literal voice, which is the sound of those words, the sound of that message. And it's critical to realize where and how they come together and how that creates your leadership image. And it started actually because um, almost, gosh, I hate to admit how long ago it was. Yeah. It must have been 17 and 16, 17 years or so. I was a graduate student working on my Ph.D., uh, in linguistics and education. And I was researching things like how language is processed in the brain. And when you combine that with how our different social filters like gender or culture or all those sorts of different factors influence the way that we interpret what we hear. And a big part of my research at the time was actually on accents, foreign accents, regional accents, what makes accents easier or harder for different people to understand. And what features of accent had the most impact on your intelligibility, your ability to be understood, and how you could change that pronunciation 
to make sure that your message got through the way you wanted it to land. So with all that, my first consulting business about 10 years ago focused on strictly working with international professor, uh, professionals in the United States. So people who were not in native English speakers, but were otherwise fluent in English and helping them with their American business communication skills. But companies would typically hire me to work with them primarily on pronunciation. But as I was doing that, I started to see where other linguistic and cultural and psychological factors were also influencing their effectiveness, their persuasiveness, their ability to stand out as experts and be seen as leaders. But what I realized was that even though there were a lot of these other factors, all anybody else could hear, and by that I mean the Americans who were working with mm -hmm. them, all anyone could hear was the accent. Mm -hmm. That's what stood out most of them. So they were assuming that all of the communication challenges were based on that. So it became my job to diagnose what else was causing the communication challenges um, and work on that set in order to help my clients become more effective communicators and be able to shine as the leaders or potential leaders that they were. And that's where about five years ago, I changed gears and I rebranded my company as Vocal Impact Productions, expanding my services to work with any leaders, native speakers, non-native speakers, regardless of where they are, because accent notwithstanding, the same kinds of communication challenges are what get in the way of almost every leader's ultimate success and powers of influence. So that's where we got, that's how we got to where we are today. Mm -hmm. mm, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, so you started already, you said at least the last five years working with, with leaders, and I'm sure you are, you have also analyzed uh, other leaders uh, you haven't met, so... Um, sure. Um, but how are the leaders today? If I ask you, 2018, how are the leaders today? In what are the trends? How how would you describe them? How are they with regard to their communication skills and their their presence? Yes, preferably yes. So I think that leaders nowadays are, especially in the social media era, where everybody is speaking in public in one way, shape, or form, even doing things like this podcast, leaders are realizing that establishing your leadership voice is more important than ever. Because whether you're an executive at a Fortune 500 company, uh, a small business owner, you have a startup, maybe you're an independent consultant, whatever your position is, nowadays, it's not enough to be the brains behind the operation. You have to also be able to be the face and the voice in front of it. So as leaders are speaking in front of more and more diverse audiences, whether they're maybe they have to give compelling pitches and presentations to investors or the board of directors or shareholders, or you have to communicate some sort of change and get your employees on board for a smooth and a successful transition of some sort, or you're being interviewed for television, podcasts, magazines, There's so many places where they have to speak. They really need to be able to project the image that makes everyone else buy into you, buy into you as a leader before they buy into your product or your service or your company. So that's where they're suddenly realizing that while maybe they avoided working on the soft skills, the communication mm -hmm. skills for a long time, now they have to catch up. 
And if you don't have those soft skills or those, those critical communication skills, you're never going to achieve your ultimate level of effectiveness and influence. And that's where there, there's suddenly a new push to, to really maximize that leadership voice. Oh, yeah, it's just actually um, observation that you made that um, I haven't thought about that. It, it's true. Actually, leaders will have more have more places where they can come to the to the spotlight, if you call it, you no, know, be more public. Uh, but mm -hmm. you know, all the all the media you you just describe, and so the, the leaders are already there more than a few years back. Yes. So yeah, it's it's true. That I I I can feel that I can feel that that's that's already happening today and mm -hmm. uh, so how do how how good are you doing they are what would you say uh, some are certainly doing better than others mm -hmm. it i think a lot of it has to do with how much opportunity they get to do that kind of speaking obviously mm -hmm. with practice you get better yes um there's also a, an issue of awareness right there are those who are very Uh, very comfortable and naturally charismatic mm. in front of the camera or the microphone, but there are others who aren't. And it really is a question of how much uh, self-awareness they have. If they're in, if they're aware of the fact that they need to improve this skill set, they'll take steps to do it mm. and they'll improve quickly. For those who are in denial or think, oh, it's good enough, I think those are the two words that are mm. what you could call the kiss of death mm. in, in leadership the notion or anything for that matter, good enough, because mm. good enough is like <laughs> not good enough. Let's put yes. it that way. At best, it makes you average. It doesn't make exactly. you excellent. And if you're looking to be excellent, you have to improve that as well. And so you need to be aware and open to learning. And that's what separates the good leaders from the great leaders. Yes. And what are the, the common mistakes that you see in this good enough, the ones who are not doing good enough? When you're speaking to an audience, and by an audience, I mean whoever you're speaking to, uh, whether it's in a meeting or a presentation or a podcast or any area, what's important is to establish credibility as a speaker. And credibility in speech is established when you're in alignment with your words, your voice, and your body language, your gestures and your facial expressions and things. And but most people, when they talk, are not in alignment. So your your words may say one thing, but maybe your voice is not so interested or it sounds hesitant or kind of flat like this, or you're not making eye contact or you're fidgeting with your hands too much, uh, touching your face or folding your hands and your arms too many times. So all of those details can be distracting from your message. And when you are, when you have motions or voice inflections or word choices that aren't working together, then you are undermining your own credibility. And people tend to prepare for these kinds of opportunities by just thinking about the words, mm -hmm. the PowerPoint slides, the reports, the spreadsheets, the statistics, but they don't practice the delivery. They don't think about how they want to come across. And at that point, the content might be good, but the delivery isn't as effective. And that unfortunately can really erode someone's ability to project credibility and authority. So I think that's um, one of the biggest mistakes. And there's a lot of things that people do in that, um, that can 
contribute to that problem. Mm -hmm. So you said uh, um, showing the credibility based on this uh, coherence, no, this balance between the correct the content, the well, body language, the and the voice, of course. Yes, and, and it's true. It's the f people tend to worry ninety something percent by the content only. And um, and don't pay too much attention in the rest. And and the voice tends to be the 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 bottom. I would I would say. No, some people are more aware that uh, body language. No, how we look. Yes. But the voice tends to be also really forgotten. Yes, I think most people tend to think, well, this is my voice. Mm -hmm. What is there to do with it? It <laughs> just is. So my voice is my voice, and that's all there is to it. So the, it's really important to recognize that you have so much control over what you do with your voice, it will completely change the way that your message lands. And that's where people really need to start to pay more attention. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, well said. Mm, could you tell us what is your, if you could summarize your best piece of advice for, for doing this, for the, letting your, your leadership voice shine through, what, what would you say? plan. When in doubt, before you go into a presentation, a meeting, uh, a speech, an interview, you have to ask yourself, how do I want to be heard? What qualities do I want people to see in me? How do I want, when they're listening and when they're watching me, I have to think about what do those qualities look like? What do those qualities sound like? Do I want to come across as being confident, as being charismatic, uh, maybe approachable and easygoing, or strong and determined. There's so many different options depending on your purpose of speaking that day. So you have to think about what's most important for you to project, what leadership qualities. And then don't just plan your content. Don't just plan what you're going to say, but figure out what voice qualities and what kind of mannerisms, what kind of body language are going to create that desired image. So if you don't plan, mm -hmm. then whatever happens is what happens and you're giving away your control. Take control and create your leadership image. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's not necessarily that you have to write a script mm -hmm. and memorize it and rehearse it until you are an actor in a play. I am not an acting coach. I'm yeah. not an actor. I, that would be ugly. Don't give me a, a Shakespeare script or something. I, it is not my area of expertise. I still want to be myself. I want to be authentic. But if there are times when I need to come across a bit more gently, a bit more diplomatically, then I'm going to adjust my voice and my delivery, my facial expressions and my words to come across a bit more gently. But if I know that I want people to understand that this is a crucial moment in our company or in our industry, and if we don't take advantage of it, then we're going to lose out on the opportunity. It's now or never. So you can hear in those two examples, I'm adjusting my delivery to mm -hmm. project different personality qualities. I'm not changing my personality. I'm just letting you see different parts of it because of what I need you to feel, what I need you to think as a result of what you hear. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, excellent. The the way you are modulating your voice to to show different um, e- emotions, no different levels of energy, how you want mm-hmm. to call it, so is uh, because mm-hmm. you know what what tends to happen is that the words that you use will tell people what to think about a topic, but your delivery, your voice, and your body language will let people know how to feel about it because they will indicate to them, they will imply how you feel about what you're saying. And people will feed off of that energy and they will join you there. That becomes a filter through which they process what you're saying. So if you project optimism and passion and enthusiasm, then they're going to feel that with regard to what you say. If you project anger or or nervousness or trepidation, hesitation, then they're going to listen with that same lens, that same filter. So the way that you present helps people know how to feel about what you are saying. So we cannot afford to leave that to chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I'm coming again uh, deeper into the this voice element and it came to my mind your TEDx talk in which you have used most of the talk is with your let's say your main voice, the mm-hmm. usual voice you use as you're talking with me now, but you use other, let's say, um, different kind of voice. I remember in one moment you talk about emulating, you are talking with kids, no, and completely mm-hmm. different way of speaking. Then you talk sure. about, uh, I think Darth Vader you mentioned, you had, I don't know how many type of voices you use in this uh, 15 minutes. So should we prepare different type of voices for different occasions what would what do you say i wouldn't say that you're preparing different voices i i there's an analogy that i like to use or, or an image think about it as what i call your prismatic voice so the same way maybe you have seen light go through a, a window or a piece of glass and then you see the rainbow mm. on the other side maybe projected onto the floor or or just right there in the glass And in that same way, you, we are all that white light with all of those colors inside, all of those different personality qualities and colors. So whereas when I'm talking with a young child, I want to come across as more playful and easygoing and gentle. And it's a different part of my personality than when I'm talking here with you. And this is more my sort of professional presenter. Uh, it's, it's not an act that's just my part mm. that part of my pres- of my personality same thing when i'm in the university when i was teaching my classes or when i'm running a uh, a training for a client it's a different part of me that you're going to see so i want to make sure that as i'm talking the way that i'm talking lets you see that part and i can switch in the middle mm-hmm. if i want to tell a story And I'm talking to you now through my more professional leadership speaking voice. But I want to tell you about something that a conversation I had with my children, then I might shift so that you could get a better feel for what that conversation was really like. And that's okay. That helps you to connect with what I'm talking about. That helps it to come to life. That helps you to see it. But we're all human. We all have all these different colors. So what's important is that you don't just think, well, this is me. That's not me. That's very black and white. And we're not Mm -hmm. black and white people. Mm -hmm. Don't limit yourself that way. Just 
allow different parts of you to come through, have that vulnerability, and that's where people will connect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, excellent. This uh, this illustration you made, the light coming to the prism and bringing the 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 visual spectrum, that all all the possible uh, lights, no, and it's all the possible voices we can we can have we have for different yes. situations but often we don't use them right when we are in a in a presentation we we tend to believe that we have to be just serious mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> that, that's correct right right and sometimes we do need to be serious but sometimes we need to have some fun too mm -hmm. even in that same presentation there's it depends on your audience if i'm in the u.s opening with a joke is a great way to start a presentation japan or germany Not so much. Mm. So you have to know your audience and make sure that you're adjusting accordingly. Mm -hmm. Yes. And Laura, to illustrate that a bit more, if you can mention mm -hmm. some some leaders, known leaders, uh, and how is their voice, uh, voice presence? Let's see. In... I think, uh, do you know who Oprah Winfrey is, mm? perhaps? Y yes. I think Oprah has a fabulous speaking voice. She has this warm tone to it, but her passion always comes out, but not in an uncontrolled way. It's Whether it's uh, happy or sad, there's such genuine authenticity, passion, and clarity, also in the words that she uses and the way she delivers it. You always believe 100% of what she's saying. And you believe that she believes it. Uh, I think she's a terrific example of a great speaker. Um, Steve Jobs was another one, uh, head of, of Apple, of course. And if you ever watch any of his presentations, he's generally low key. You know, he's not um, high energy like Tony mm. Robbins or some others, but there's an intensity to his voice. There is a, he's so convinced, he's so sure about whatever he's whatever he's demonstrating as he's revealing the latest Apple products, the newest iPad or iPhone, that just through the nature of his intensity, that you get excited about what he's showing you. And he's clear, his words are perfectly chosen, his voice is always commanding without being demanding. Mm. And You just get on board with his enthusiasm, with his energy, with his passion. You, you join on his journey. So you know, he and Oprah have different styles, but they're both equally powerful and effective and, and influential, compelling when they speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah, such uh, two great examples. Yeah, yeah I agree in, in both cases with you. Great. Laura, could you now share with us what is your favorite quotation? to give you one that is not famous at all. Um, <laughs> this was one that has stuck with me in a way that is different from how it was intended at first. Mm -hmm. When I was little, I was probably, I don't know, maybe six or eight years old. And on Sundays, my family would go to church. And I remember, again, I was very young at the time, but I remember one day telling my mother not to sing so loud. I didn't like that she was singing as loudly as she was. Her <laughs> voice is fine, but I was, again, six years old or so. And she looked at me and she said, Laura, this is the voice God gave me. Now he has to listen to it. 
And the reason that that quote is meaningful to me now is because one complaint that I often hear from clients is, I hate my voice. So many people hear themselves on a recording and they think, oh, my, my voice sounds so weird. It sounds this or sounds that. I don't like my own voice. But I want people to understand it doesn't matter what voice you were born with. It doesn't matter what kind of instrument you have. It's how you learn to play it that makes the difference. So, you know, you mentioned in my TED talk, I referenced Darth Vader. I referenced some other you know, working with children that I will never sound like Darth Vader, mm -hmm. like the actor who does his voice, James Earl Jones. Um, and I will never sound like a children's cartoon character. I could fake it a little bit, but that's not my voice. But what I do with my voice can change my power, can change my effectiveness in great ways. I don't have to sound like this person or like that person. So remember that Regardless of what your voice is, you can learn to use it in a way that is full and resonant and powerful and relatable and ultimately influential. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a mom squat. <laughs> yes, the mom squat, exactly. I thought so true what you're saying. <laughs> Could you also recommend us? one book that has been has inspired you and you you think we should read it have you ever heard of stephen covey's the seven habits of highly effective people mm -hmm. yes i believe i haven't read it yet sure well that was a, a classic uh, mm -hmm. on leadership from many years ago mm -hmm. but there was a follow-up book also a okay. few years ago called the eighth habit and wow. that's that book is focusing specifically on the idea of, as a leader, you have to find your voice and inspire others to find theirs. Now, he's talking more about the figurative voice, meaning your point of view, finding the courage to speak, figuring out how to connect with people to deliver that message. Um, but it, what he's describing is so important. Uh, my work builds on that in that once you have that idea and you found that that author's voice that message that point of view then of course you have to work with your real voice your your literal voice to figure out how to deliver that message in a way that's going to have the most positive impact possible so i would really start with reading stephen covey's the eighth habit mm -hmm. and then think about taking his advice and applying it with my work to look at how you can really project your best leadership voice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very interesting. It's one book dedicated to this uh, figurative voice, I see the leadership voice. Laura, mm -hmm. now could you share with us an exercise, something practical that you recommend doing regularly, a routine to shine? Sure. So this time, uh, I'd, I think I'd like to talk about something that influences your voice rather than mm -hmm. a vocal practice, yeah. uh, especially if you're getting ready to speak in public, to lead a meeting, to do a podcast, for example. And very simply, the advice is watch out for what you drink. Mm -hmm. And so in the few hours or the, up through the day before you have this speaking opportunity, you want to avoid things like caffeine and alcohol 
Uh, obviously, you don't want to drink alcohol before your speaking engagement. Uh, <laughs> that's not a very good leadership idea. But not just because uh, of getting intoxicated, but even the night before, for example, drinking too much can, um, it's, it's a diuretic. So it dehydrates your body, it dehydrates your voice. And when that happens, and same with caffeine, if you have too much caffeine, your voice, your body dehydrates, and that can make your voice scratchy, it can change the different parts of your pronunciation, and it just takes away from the fullest quality of your voice. Um, the other part of caffeine, of course, is that it makes your heart go faster, it increases your metabolism, mm -hmm. But that also increases the speed that you talk. So if you know that you're naturally a fast talker in the first place, and I know I am, then I definitely want to stay away from caffeine in the few hours before I speak because I don't need anything trying to make me talk even faster. That's, that's not helpful for me. I want to make sure that I'm in control. I'm talking at the right pace. So it, my audience can hear and process and remember what I'm saying and not feel like they're running to catch up with me. So uh, the caffeine and alcohol are two things to avoid. Really stay hydrated, drink lots of water for the whole day beforehand and especially in the hour or two up to the time because your body needs to stay hydrated and your mouth and your, your throat should stay wet as well. And that will make sure that the best quality of your voice is able to come through. Mm -hmm. So there's my advice. Yeah, I think this is an excellent piece of advice. Um, getting rid of um, drinks that dehydrate you and drinking a lot of water is is, is, uh, is the best thing you can do, especially the the last day uh, before an important talk or presentation. Yeah, and people it sounds don't, like mm -hmm. it's obvious, but it's something that we tend to forget, right? You wake up in the morning, what's the first thing you do? You have a cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. And in the afternoon, maybe you have a soda or something else, soft drink, and there's just more and more caffeine, more and more sugar, which also gets your energy up, um, but not necessarily in a healthy way, makes you talk too fast. So just eating and drinking healthy foods before you have to speak will influence your leadership voice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely agree. And drinking a lot of water is extremely important for your voice. So thanks a lot, Laura, for all this uh, excellent piece of advice, uh, your personal stories. And could you finally tell us how we can learn more about you? What are the best ways? Absolutely. <clears throat> First is uh, you can go to my website, which is www.vocalimpactproductions.com. And if you go to the there's a, a secret page which is vocalimpactproductions.com slash free gift f-r-e-e-g-i-f-t you can download a a special 10 point checklist called do you speak like a leader and it's a great little way to take an inventory of how you are preparing to go into whatever that conversation or meeting or presentation is so that you're you're planning and you're ready to have that good alignment between your words, your voice, and your body language. So there's a free gift for anybody who would like it. And um, the other place you can go is on Amazon. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I published my first public book, 
And that is, aside from things I've published back in academia, and it's called Maximize Your Leadership Influence. Maximize Your Leadership Influence. So you can go to Amazon and either type in that title or type in my name, and you'll see the book there. And it's a very easy to read book. It's all just simple pointers and tips to make sure that you have all of this in alignment and you can read it very quickly and get all the main ideas. Uh, it's not a heavy book. It's not a, uh, it's, it's not a slow, dense book. It's quick, easy, and uh, immediately applicable. So I hope you'll check it out. Excellent. Congratulations for your new book. And thank you for also this free gift, hidden free gift for all of us. <laughs> oh, my pleasure. Thank you a lot. It's been a pleasure talking with you, Dr. Laura Sicola, and wish you all the best. Thank you so much, Oscar. You too. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Did you like it? Please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or visit us at timetoshinepodcast.com. Until next time. <laughs>